novel ideas. Well, let me start by a proper introduction. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Book Nook Room, to our program, Novel Ideas, uh, on Friday, July 19th, 2013. Novel Ideas will be discussing the book Summerland by Alan Hildebrand, DB75757. This book is also available on Bookshare. Graduation night, an exciting time for most teenagers. On Nantucket Island, a terrible car crash changes the lives of four young people and their families forever. Four juniors are driving home from a party when there is a crash. The driver of the car, Penny Allister, is killed, and her twin brother, Hobby Allister, is left in a coma. Penny's boyfriend, Jake Randolph, and Penny's friend, uh, Demeter Castle, are unhurt, but suffer tremendous emotional damage. Jake and his family move to the other side of the globe, to the west coast of Australia, in order to escape the horrors of the accident. Demeter falls prey to alcohol abuse and other self-destructive behaviors that nearly lead to her destroying her own life. Summerland delves into the circumstances surrounding this accident, the roots of which lie deep in the past with the first interactions between these four friends and their parents. It's a novel about how tragedy affects individuals, their families, and the island community as a whole, and the healing, how healing can happen in even the most devastating circumstances. Okay, at this time, it's my privilege to introduce our co-hosts, Jenny Pining and Randy Shelton, who will introduce our guest hosts this evening. So I now turn the microphone over to you ladies. Hello, everybody. Well, without further ado, I'm going to turn this over to, oops, sorry about that, to Bonnie Blows. I locked the key, since I'm one of the people who knows how to do that, because I have about 10 minutes of time I need to take here with what I want to do in the beginning. When I was doing the romance discussion group, I always talked about the author, so I'm going to do this as if I were doing it the way I used to, because that's what I'm used to doing. First of all, let me say that I thank Jenny and Randy and Bob and Ruthann for allowing me to do this. Uh, my friends know how very much I love this novel. And thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to come back and share uh, by doing this discussion with all of you. And I thank you all for coming. I'm very pleased that so many of you came. That makes me feel very good. I want to start out with some words that Ellen wrote that were up on her website, and then I will talk about her books and mention them as I used to do when I did the uh, romance discussion group. And I will also, as Bob asked me to do, uh, at one point mention the characters so we're familiar with who is who. When I was growing up, my father and stepmother took us to Cape Cod for the month of July. Us was my two brothers, my stepbrother, my stepsister, and me. We were an unusually happy blended family, and the best thing about our month on the Cape was that it was a four-week stretch where we all lived together as a family, two parents, five children, 
the Hildebrands. We did long beach days, playing touch football at low tide, collecting sea glass, digging pools of hermit, four hermit crabs, swimming out to the wooden rail offshore. We putted at the miniature golf, ate shrimp cocktail on the screened-in porch. My father would sometimes wake us up for a midnight walk, where we would ogle the zillions of stars. The two things I could count on was that we would go to bed with skin tight from too much sun, and there would be sand in the sheets. My father died in a plane crash when I was 16, and those days on the Cape came to an abrupt end. I spent the summer between my junior and senior year in high school working in a factory that made Halloween costumes. I did piecework, assembling ghoul kits in a hot, sweaty warehouse, listening to Top 20 radio, eating a brown bag lunch alone in the front seat of my car. That summer, 300 miles from Cape Cod and missing my father terribly, I craved the long days by the ocean, the sunsets, the seven of us laughing on the screened-in porch. What I learned then is that sand in the sheets is a luxury. It was something I had, stupidly, taken for granted. I promised myself that the goal for the rest of my life would be that I would always have a real summer. It took a lot of work. I moved to Nantucket in July of 1993. Once there, I worried that I wasn't going to be able to support myself. I took a job as the classified ads girl at the local newspaper and then got a part-time job as a paralegal. But I had always wanted to be a writer. Before long, I realized I needed to write about the things that had drawn me to this island, the things I loved. Bouncing in my Jeep up the cobblestones of Main Street on a quiet Saturday morning, taking a tomato sandwich with the tomatoes still warm from the garden, mayonnaise, salt, and pepper, white bread, seeing the red beacon of Brant Point Lighthouse through the fog in the harbor. Writing about the beach and living at the beach is now my way of life but I am old enough to realize that no matter how many summers I experience or how deeply I enjoy them or how vividly I evoke them on the page, a part of me will always yearn for the summers of my youth when my father was alive and I was whole, safe. Today, my most meaningful memories of the season are the early mornings when I drive my own teenage son to the tent shore to surf. He jumps out of the car, unstraps his board, dashes for the water, then stops and turns to wave to me. Here I go. What I know for sure is that this summer, too, shall pass. He, like me, will soon have to grow up, and someday I'll be yearning for this moment. I wave back. Ellen Hildebrand's latest book, uh, obviously at this point, was Summerland. She's lived on Nantucket for 20 years. She runs every morning, delivers her children to their sporting events, and occasionally frequents the front row at a place called The Chicken Box. Beautiful Day is her 12th novel, and there is one after that, that I will mention. Her novels have all been set on and around Nantucket Island, which is off Cape Cod in southern Massachusetts, I believe. She was born and raised in Collegeville, Pennsylvania, which is in western Pennsylvania, I believe, or maybe central Pennsylvania. I believe it's central Pennsylvania. And is a graduate of Johns Hopkins University and was previously a teaching writing fellow at the University of Iowa Workshop. Her first novels were published by St. Martin's Press. With A Summer Affair, published in 2008, Hildebrand moved to Little Brown and Company. Her books in order are The Beach Club, 2000, Nantucket Nights, 2002, Summer People, 2003, The Blue Bistro, 
2005, The Love Season 2006, Barefoot 2007, A Summer Affair 2008, The Castaways 2009, The Island 2010, Silver Girl 2011, Summerland 2012, Beautiful Day 2013, and also One Summer, which will come out in, well, actually did come out in June of this year. She has won the Romantic Novel of the Year Award uh, and for and was best novel uh, for best novel nom, uh, nom, I'm sorry best novel nominee 2008 for her um, book Barefoot. Characters in this novel are um, Hobson and of course Hobson Senior was the father, but he is dead by the time this novel takes place. And Zoe raised her twins alone. Zoe is the mother. Hobby and Penny Allister are the two teenagers. Alan Lynn Castle and their daughter, Demeter. Jordan and Ava Randolph, parents of Jake and the baby Ernie who died. That is what I have as beginning information. I will unlock the key and we will begin. And thank you very much. I'll make a, a brief statement. I want to see where uh, Ellen Hildebrand sounds like a wonderful person. I want to see which woman uh, relates to her character. I'm willing to be educated because I didn't see any of them that did, but I'm certainly willing to keep an open mind. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I just thought, I think that that little um, introduction that Ellen Hildebrand wrote about herself, I'm still there. (laughs) It's just so beautifully written and it gives a whole new spin on Summerland at least to me and I get the feeling now that parts of that although not um, not the whole thing obviously and not to a great extent but parts of it may have been sort of autobiographical in a way Um, and I, that was just such a great introduction. It, it just really, like I said, just puts a whole new spin on the book, at least in my mind. Thank you, Randy. I fell in love with it when I read it, and I said, that just has to be part of it. I knew it wouldn't take very long to read, but even if it had taken longer, I would have read it because it was so beautifully done. And I totally agree with you. I think that probably all of her novels are somewhat autobiographical. And um, let's start by talking about some of your impressions of the book. Uh, I have lots of questions. We could, I could do hours and hours on this book, but we don't have time for that. So we'll do what we can. But uh, let's start with some of your impressions. Anyone who would like to begin may. It took me a few times of starting the book over to finally get into it. But that was me. But once I got into it, it was such, it made you cry. It made you really stop and think. Um, it was a beautiful book. Um, at first, I, I had a little trouble because, well, I'm sorry, I fall asleep sometimes when I'm reading. Um, and I try to go back to where I was. Well, when you've got chapters that just have names, and sometimes the names appear multiple times and you're not quite sure where you fell asleep 
<laughs> so I started putting bookmarks in. But that all being said, once I got into it and really focused on it, it was a very good book. Boy, do I agree with what you just said as far as uh, it took me a while to get into it, too. But I, I read the whole book in uh, just two sittings. So <laughs> I had a hard time putting it down after I got into it. I thought it was it was beautifully written, and I know for myself, I felt like I was on Nantucket Island. I wanted to go <laughs> because she just does such a beautiful job of putting you in time and place that, and and you felt like at least I some of the characters I just didn't care for, but you really got a sense of what was of what was happening and the and that whole sense of the island community and it was just very beautifully written I thought yeah it's definitely beautiful beautifully written um, I've been I started it last week and um, I've, as I said earlier I've got about four hours to go um, beautifully written uh, she makes Nantuck Nantucket so very real. Uh, it was uh, she, she does a fine job setting scenes. Um, as far as the book itself, maybe I haven't gotten to where things um, improve, but I find it very depressing. Um, poor Demeter, she is so screwed up. Um, the other people are having awful problems. Uh, Penny um, was definitely uh, uh, had her problems, and uh, it's very good but very depressing. I really liked it. I uh, I read read it in about two sittings. Also, I know I read it within a day because I stand up stayed up almost all night reading it, and uh, uh, I thought it was really well written and made uh, Nantucket real and and the characters were uh, well developed i thought i liked uh this was the first book i read by this author and i immediately downloaded all the other ones i could find on bard and bookshare uh yeah she really paints a good picture of uh nantucket uh but he also i i i was marcia you're in the depressing era it gets better but you know it is a microcosm i guess she's trying to show as much as we think nantucket could be paradise it's a microcosm of, of society with all the issues, lying teenagers, teenagers with psychological issues, parents with psychological issues. Um, Jake and his family go to the ends of the world and eventually work their way back, at least uh, some of them do, to, uh, to, to Nantucket. But yes, it, the, the island sounds beautiful, but they have the same problems that the rest of the country or world does. I think that's what she's trying to show. This is uh, Joshua. I I really, I really really like liked this this book a lot. I read it. Um, I read it in uh, two, read it in a few settings too, like everybody else did. Uh, um, I I really liked how how uh, she developed her characters. All the characters were very very well developed. Because you know a lot of times in some novels, you hear about more you hear about some characters more than others. Well, this well this one I really love how she. Uh, um, kind of had the book from uh, the different characters' points of view on the situations. It's a very interesting uh, writing technique. Um, 
I, I like the narrator, Mary Trevathan, did a very, very nice job. I thought uh, as a as a narrator, and uh, I'm really glad Bonnie uh, is able to help us out with this book. It was it was it was, uh, it was really good. I'm I'm glad I read it. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really like this book too. Um, one thing that struck me is, in general, when you have an alcoholic teenager in a book, they're not very sympathetic. They're usually like the bad guy. And I really like the character of Demeter. I, I found myself liking her a lot more than Penny. I really didn't like Penny very much, and I, I'm just wondering what other people thought of her um, rash decision to, you know, drive off this cliff and risk killing all of her friends as well as herself. It seemed like a bit of an overreaction, unless I'm missing something about her character. But I, I did like the book a lot. I liked Jordan a lot, and uh, I really liked the way it ended, just on kind of a a positive note. I mean, think bad things still happened, but overall, everybody kind of pulls together and life goes on, and that's kind of the message you get. Well, I have so much to say here. I'm dying here, chomping at the bit. <laughs> First of all, Bob, you're right. This is about what it's like to live in paradise. It's about how paradise comes up against reality and it's about so many other things it's it's about dreams it's about parents who want things for their children it's about a town whose hope and any chance for being on the map lies in one person it's about the pressure on that one individual of course in this case penny probably in some senses jake as well but mostly penny because Penny has that golden voice. And she's supposed to, all of their hopes and dreams, everything they can be is vested in her. Or at least that's the way she feels, and that's what we're told. Penny is, I think when you look at her in that light, um, maybe a more, maybe you feel for her a little bit more. If you can imagine what it would be like for a teenager to have that burden, to know that the whole world, the world you're growing up in, is counting on you to make everything happen for them. It's almost like the paradise that Summerland is. Penny exists to really bring them their Summerland. All the riches and the goodness that can happen come through Penny. The parents, on the other hand, are there to protect and shield, keep their children safe. And, of course, they have their own struggles. And then, of course, you're up against the tourists who come there and live in this magic world of fun and play, enjoying the beach, getting away from all of their cares in the world while you still have your own. And when you put all of it together, it's, it's quite an amazing thing. Um, I hope that answers some of what uh, you're thinking is. But, yes, it is, it is a paradise. And the question is whether you can really have a paradise like that, whether it's even realistic. Is it realistic to expect parents to be able to protect their children from the world, as these parents would like to do? And mostly, it's about communication and how even in a small town, the communication sometimes doesn't happen because people have their fears and, and things they keep to themselves, their hurts and doubts and all of the things they're frightened of and worry about. And you would think that in a small town all of these things are shared, but people are people and they don't always get shared. Anyone want to respond to any of that? Uh, 
John Wiedlich, uh I'm paraphrasing, says he likes the use of the multiple uh, narrators to give everyone's uh, different, uh, you know, to, to give their point of view, and he also likes the label Nantucket to give the community's view of uh, the impending events. Very good. Good comments here. I want to, I'm a straight ahead guy, so you'll have to forgive me. Pe- uh, Demeter, yeah, I sympathize, but she did tell Penny about her mother uh, and Jordan. And Penny, who was unstable, uh, just killed, wanted to kill everybody in that car. Now, maybe you could argue Demeter didn't know Penny was unstable. I think Hildebrand says she wanted a friend. Demeter wanted to be the center of Penny's life and thought that that she she didn't dream. I'm sure she didn't dream that Penny was going to try to kill them all. Um, and Penny was very disturbed, in my opinion. She was the golden girl, but uh, extremely disturbed. It was very sad. You, you don't you wish a therapist had gotten to Penny and, and, and helped her because she had everything in front of her. Well, I really enjoyed this book, and I'm really glad that it was recommended. And um, and thank you, Marcia, for paraphrasing what John had said. I was trying to get in to do that. Um, but I wanted to respond to um, the thing about small towns. And, you know, small towns, it's like it was supposed to be so idyllic, but yet, you know, there were so many secrets. And the other thing I wanted to say is that I felt very sympathetic um, toward Demeter because, I mean, she didn't know that Penny was unstable. Nobody really knew it. I mean, maybe the people that were closest to her did, but Demeter was not close to her. And, you know, I'm from a big family, and one of the ways in which I could get approval is when we would talk about people. (laughs) And when I was younger, if I knew something and I shared it, I got approval. It was one of the only ways that I, I was really an equal. And, you know... Once in a while, you know, it would it would feel pretty good. I mean, I'd feel icky about it afterwards because I don't really like to gossip and I know it's wrong, but still, I understand where she's coming from. I mean, she, you know, knew something. She found it out. And the only reason she told her was not to drive her off the edge or off the cliff, but because she wanted to be able to be the friend. She wanted a friend. I mean, she was lonely in high school. God, do I remember what that was like, to be lonely in high school. And, you know, she wanted a friend. She wanted Penny as her friend. And, okay, it was a wrong way to get the approval, just as, you know, what I did when when I would gossip with my family to get approval was wrong. But, you know, when you're younger, you try to get it wherever you can. And, she didn't mean to do she didn't mean for anything to happen i i really don't think it was her fault and i can really sympathize with where she was coming from i mean fortunately nothing like that ever happened to me but i mean you could almost see it happening you know you find something out you share it and oh my goodness so yeah i i just i really felt badly for her Hey, yeah, I, I enjoyed the book too. I thought it was it was very well written. Uh, uh, I like the, the the writing style. I like the way she she. Uh, I, I, I'm 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 a I'm a real analytic, uh, and I like the way that she gave a lot of background about each of the characters, and she had introduced each of them, and 
come at from do it from their perspective and and we, and we keep visiting back and uh did a very good job of giving you all the background and stuff that way and uh, uh I really enjoyed that I really didn't like uh uh Ava uh Randolph uh she was my least favorite character in in the bunch uh, uh Penny I I didn't really understand her but the fact that she got killed early uh uh and everything kind of revolved around that uh uh, so it was kind of hard to get into her. It was kind of hard for me to understand. I, I know she had a lot of pressure on her apparently because of her her uh, her singing voice and stuff. But uh, I, I I had a hard time identifying with somebody that 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 would do something like that and put everybody's life at risk and, and kill herself in effect. But uh, didn't really like Ava at all. Didn't understand her and didn't really care much for Lynn Castle either because she was. A, she got Clueless Parent of the Year Award, but uh, the book was very well done, and I'm glad it was uh, recommended. Well, um, I read this a little while ago, and I wasn't planning to be here, so I haven't, didn't really think too much, but let's see. Um, I, first of all, I agree with everybody else. I loved it. Um, I remember asking Bonnie at the end, we were talking about it, why, why did she just, why did Penny just take all of her friends if she was trying to kill herself, why did she take all of her friends with her? But the other thing was... Have you lost, <clears throat> have you lost people here? No, I'm still here. Um, I think we might have lost Nancy. Um, Nancy, are you there? Because I was just listening to you intently and I got knocked out too. I am still here, Bob. Um, I thought I got knocked out. I, in fact, I was afraid it was me when it happened, but, um, but no, I'm still here. Um, yes, you, you tell me what you want me to do. All kinds of people are getting locked out of the room. What the heck? Yeah, well, it's one of those things. Um, gee, I hope Nancy gets back and finishes, uh, you know, why, and maybe Bonnie will answer, why did, why did Penny take them all with her? And maybe that was because they're her circle of friends. I don't know. I don't know that part. I, I came to like Ava. Interesting. Yeah, she was a little goofy at first. But I thought she she matured more than Jordan did. She adopted a baby. She realized uh, <clears throat> that Jordan and she would not make it. She says, I want a divorce. Um, you know, Ava, Ava, I think, grew up a little bit. I didn't like her at first. I agree. She was kind of crazy. But she has a big family in Australia. Jordan's happy. They see uh, uh, Jake, you know, both of them. And uh, so I, I, I can, <clears throat> I think I could understand Ava better than uh uh, Demeter, although I know what, what you said, and I agree, but, oh, my. Uh, and Lynn, yeah, most clueless parent of the year, absolutely. And Al's right behind her. Yeah, I agree with uh, what uh, Jenny said about the gossip thing. I think Demeter thought that by telling Penny that, it would bring those two closer together and they would share a secret of some kind. And I don't think Penny really, if she would have thought about it, would have wanted to kill all her friends. I think she just wasn't thinking it was an impulsive act out of anger or, or ups, being upset or whatever i'd also agree with john about um the way the author wrote the book i like books where they write from multiple perspectives like that and yet they're able to advance the story at the same time that always works out really well as far as ava goes yeah i'd have to agree i didn't like her at first but i kind of thought it worked out for the best that those two didn't stay together i uh I think Jenny really hit it on the head when she said that uh, um, Demeter was lonely in high school. I mean, I think that just that statement, you know, really gives a lot of the motivations for most of what she did. And, you know, we're looking back at it 
as adults and when you're 15 um, I think you would do could do things or I could certainly do things that I would definitely not do today definitely not do today and I kind of have a question about Ava I uh, I really did not sympathize with her I had a hard time warming up to her at all and I wonder how much her interaction with Penny was actually hurtful um, I think she regretted that she because Penny had uh, I guess talked to her and the and then kept that journal uh, that Ava, I, th I think, influenced Penny in a negative way without meaning to. Oh, I think you're right. I think she did influence Penny, although I believe absolutely that Penny was unstable, as Bob says, and in fact, uh, Ellen Hildebrand says she is. And, uh, of course, we do have that time where she had seen a a therapist for about a half a dozen times much earlier in her life. But I believe that Penny would have killed herself in some way. She was looking for a way out. I think she was desperate for a way out. And she embodied what happens when people really can't take the life that they're given. Some people can't. And she was ill-equipped as a teenager to handle all that was put upon her. It was a burden she came to see her life as a, as a burden. And I have a lot of sympathy for her because I can imagine that was a very, very hard life to live. She didn't have the tools, she didn't have the maturity to go to anybody and say, look, golden voice or not, I can't handle this. I don't want to do this. She wasn't strong enough to be able to say that. And on the one hand, you should say, you can say, well, she should have been, but she wasn't. She understood how much what she had meant to people, and she got off on it, too. It's hard to give something up when it does give you some good things. That's where it becomes both the blessing and the curse. Bob, you're absolutely right about Ava. She grew more than any character, really, when you think about it, because um, she did adopt a child. She knew that she wanted to be with her family. She probably should have stayed with her family from the very beginning, but then we probably wouldn't have the novel either. But she probably should have done that. And so she did have a lot of growth. But I didn't I didn't really like Ava. I do admire her honesty, but I didn't I couldn't really even in all that, even though I know she grew a lot and I admire that, I didn't really like Ava. Penny I have a lot of sympathy for. Demeter just wanted to belong. But you know, all of the people in this novel were struggling with trying to belong somewhere and trying to have a place in the world and it this novel i think shows if if nothing else how as i said before how important communication is because if people had just talked to each other things would have been so different and i think she's also saying in this novel that that's probably something that we don't do enough maybe i'm taking it you know too deep and maybe she didn't mean for it to go that deep but when you think about what would have happened if they had said, I'm scared, I'm afraid, I really don't know what's going to happen in my future, I don't know whether I'm doing the right thing, whether it was Zoe being, oh, a so-so parent, you know, she didn't do anything all that terrible as a parent, but she struggled with whether she was a good parent. We have Lynn, who didn't really think about whether she was really a good parent at all, and we have Zoe, who struggled all the time to figure out what kind of parent she wanted to be. And uh, I guess that's what I, I have to say for now. Any other thoughts? Uh, John says again, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, Jake, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> her boyfriend didn't, uh, you know, thought it was his fault for what he had done. 
I guess over at that uh, party. Um, her brother thought it was his fault, and uh, they finally managed to accept the fact that Penny would have done what she was going to do anyway, and they were able to move on and grow. And uh, he also asked, what do you think of Ava? And I'll say that uh, I didn't really think that much of Ava. Um, I haven't gotten to the part where I guess she adopts the baby and makes a wise decision to stay there. Uh, she just wasn't happy uh, in America and uh, being on Nantucket. And uh, I guess that would have been one of the worst decisions she ever made in her life was to uh, um, get married to an American man. Well, I didn't really like Ava either. Um, I didn't really understand her all that well. But I think the one person that maybe could have done something about all this was she. I mean, she knew that Penny was depressed, and apparently she was the only one who knew it, knew the extent of it. And, you know, she should have, like, gone to somebody or encouraged her to do something instead of being so selfishly involved in her own grief, but I guess I'm not very sympathetic to her. I mean, I don't know, it's just she kind of just let the whole world go away, and she really should have intervened a little bit with Penny, because she knew what was going on with her. Uh, don't misunderstand me. I didn't say I liked Ava. I said she matured more than, you know, finally pulled it together, and she does admit that she may have done more. You know, she, she could have done better there. And we, we all go through that. You know, you talk to somebody, a friend, and you, you have a feeling you could help them, and you really have regrets later. I, I haven't, can't think of one right now. I hope I don't think of one. But, you know, we do our best. We listen. Uh, Penny throws out probably over in the nursery. You know, there's a lot of uh, what's going on there. And um, uh, Ava did blame. I'm not clear on that. Jordan... I, I, the way I got it is Ava was asleep in the house and Jordan went to the paper and left Ernie. I, uh, you, somebody could explain that. He would have died anyway of crib death. It sounded, it sounded like. What about Jordan? Does he get off free? All you guys seem to like him. I thought he was, he was kind of a wimp. I, I, I'm not a Jordan fan too much, but maybe I, I can, again, be educated. And Zoe um, wanted to be friends with Penny, you know. They slept together. They, they, girls do that, I know, you know. But the point is, I'm your friend. I'm not your mom. And I know she loved them. I, I'm not going to take that away. And she raised them alone when Hobson died and uh, so on. But, um, um, you know, um, she was another parent struggling, struggling to find the way. And uh, there you go. Well, I'm glad you brought up Jordan because I was just about to when we started talking about uh when uh, someone said that Ava was kind of pivotal, she could have changed things. I think it was Jenny, if I remember correctly. Um, there are two people in this novel who could have done much to change what happened. When tragedy happens, someone has to lead. Someone has to do something to begin to put something, the town or the group of people, back together. All of these people were operating alone. Even though this was a community, they were all pretty much operating alone uh, they were embroiled in their own lives to the point where they weren't really connecting with what was going on with somebody else enough because they were all having their own reactions to pain and heartache and hurt. And Jordan, 
really did a terrible thing, I think, by not... Um, well, he gave in to love, and he also gave in to weakness, I think, when he decided not to, to publish anything about um, Penny in the paper, because Zoe didn't want him to. And if he had done that, think of what that one act would have done for, for this group of people. It would have been the beginning of acceptance of what had happened. It would have been the beginning of healing. It was a place where he could have shown great strength. Um, and Jordan was weak because he would not do that. And I didn't buy that he wouldn't do it because he was in love. It wasn't good enough. I understood... I understood that he wanted to do something uh, to to please Zoe, to help her with her pain, um, but everybody was walking on eggshells, and that's normal. However, I think he should have said, look, I am the newspaper man in this town. Um, I am a person who deals with, with situations, and he could have been a great leader. What do you think about that? I like Jordan, but he was a weak man, a very weak man. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but uh, I'm not sure his publishing an, an article in the paper would have made that much of a difference. But, yeah, uh, opinions. Uh, yeah, Ava seemed like she matured, I guess, a lot because she was starting at ground zero. I thought she uh, uh, w was mainly just overly selfish, and uh, that's, that's why I didn't like her. Uh, uh, and she was definitely contributory in, in, in Penny's in death, I think, because... Uh, uh, she, she should have been trying to help the girl, and she was too busy on the pity pot for herself the whole time. And that's uh, that's what I, I mean. Shit happens to all of us, and you know, she, all she cared about was uh, feeling sorry for herself, and uh, that's why I didn't like the character. Yeah, I'm not going to defend liking her. No, I, I don't agree. But uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, another guy that I I kind of liked, although he doesn't play. Well, he plays a little bit of a major role. Was the chief, for example? He at least did his job. He questioned. He looked at Jake in the eye. He looked. He knew something was fishy. He did his job. But Jordan could have helped him take a step in the right direction. He's not a psychologist, but because Zoe said no, nothing. You know, he he he's representing the press. He's journal uh, journalistic, and he violated. Um, and I may be overdoing it, but he violated. What he should do as a newspaper reporter, he could do it gently, but tell the truth, tell the facts, and let these kids try to try to mend a little bit. I don't know if Carla uh, read this book. Uh, she may be trying to get in, so I, I hope we'll hear from you. I have to agree with you, Bonnie, about Jordan. I was actually going to say the same thing. He could have done so much for the town as the newspaper man, and... Um, the chief, yeah, he did his job, but I have to say the characters that I liked best didn't really come into play until the end, and that was Claire and her mother. I, I liked the fact that they all just, and Zoe and Hobby and Claire and her mother, just, they all accepted what happened, and I... They were the two, though, that I liked, and um, Ava, yeah, I thought she was pretty selfish, and I felt really bad for Jake, 
because he he had to live with a mother who just wasn't there for him, a father who was um, having this secret life on the side and trying not to let the kids know that they were having an affair, and um, the death of his baby brother, and now the death of his girlfriend Penny, and I, I felt bad for him, but he he pulled through it. Okay, um, I remember what I was going to say from before. Um, I remember I asked Bonnie why Penny would do this, if, if she did do it on purpose, you know, why. And Bonnie made an interesting statement then, she probably doesn't remember. Selfishness was really a theme that ran through this whole book. Everybody was too self-centered to deal with what was going on. And I, that, that I agree with. That I, when Bonnie had first said that to me, um, that was true. Penny was too self-centered and just didn't care, I think, when she drove off the cliff. Didn't care whether she took anybody else with her or not. Um, if, as I said, she did it on purpose. I'm not so sure they keep calling it an accident. I don't know. Maybe there's no such thing as an accident. But anyway, but that seemed to be a running theme. Everybody. They were either totally clueless or selfish or both. Yeah, yeah, I was going to echo that. That's true. Everybody was selfish. I mean, everybody was a little bit selfish. <laughs> um, I mean, it's supposed to be this amazing community, but people acted very individually and just kind of out for their own motives. I, I, like, I don't understand... You know, I don't really know if, if it would have made much of a difference if Jordan would have would have um, put the article in the paper, okay? But I don't understand why they just, like, boom, went away. Just because Zoe didn't want them, I mean, all of a sudden they were going to Australia. And I don't know. It was just really weird. And it did put a, bu it did put a bunch of mixed messages out there. And, you know, Ava maybe thought that he was going there to kind of, you know, work things out with her. But really he was going to get away from everything. And it was just... That that part of it was really weird. Like, why all of a sudden he ran away to Australia? That uh, that was very bizarre. And it was, you know, it wasn't a good way to, in any way, help Jake heal from the whole ordeal either. Oh, this is oh, this is uh, this is uh, Joshua. Um, you talk about ways that would things that would have helped. I think it would have helped some of the kids too if uh, if they'd have been allowed to speak at the at uh, Penny's funeral. You know, because J Jake and Hobby and stuff, they it sounds like they wanted to speak at the funeral, but but Zoe's like, no, you're no, no you're not, you're not going to speak, uh, and stuff. So I think that might have, might have given a, a little, a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of closure as well. But I gotta agree with a lot of, a lot with what people say. Um, Ava, like everybody said about her, I mean, sure she matured, but as far as a character, I don't like her because honestly, you know, I, I couldn't figure out why she, uh, you know, didn't seem like she really loved Jordan, it seemed, seemed like. Well, this book has a lot of selfishness and betrayal in it. Um, it was interesting to me that uh, here we have Zoe, and uh, she has this very close relationship with her daughter. Ava loses her child and has a close relationship with Zoe's daughter, and yet they were supposed to be friends. And then we have Rory, who... Uh, 
really wants to be different. That's another theme in this book, too, how much people really want to do things differently. They want to be better. And so many times when we want to be better and do better, we don't end up doing better and we don't end up better. We end up repeating some of what happened before. Rory ended up having an affair, just as his uh, his father and grandfather and who knows who beyond that had. And that was one thing he always said that he would never do, but he did. Um, for him to give in to his uh, not sticking with the professionalism of his job was perfectly in keeping, I think, with the kind of weak man that he was. Um, and how do you feel about the fact that um, that in a way Ava kind of surplanted Zoe for Penny? Uh, I think that was a very damaging relationship for, and maybe initially, maybe not, but I think in the end it was, I think that Zoe and Penny, I mean, Amy, uh, Ava and Penny lived, kind of fed off each other in terms of their depression and sadness and insanity, as, as Ava thought of it as. Um, I think she found the kindred soul. Whether it spurred Penny on to do what she did, I, I don't think that. But I think it was not. I think it was not a good thing. But yes, there's a lot about betrayal in this book, and I'm not saying that if that if Jordan had um, printed an article that that it would have changed everything. That everything everyone would have been magically healed. I'd never say that. But it would have been a step, as as Bob said so well. It would have been a step in the direction. Just as when Josh said, if the kids had been able to speak at the funeral, they could have made steps to at least begin acceptance. And that acceptance would happen, and that would begin no matter whether these things happened or not. But they might have happened a little bit sooner. I'm not saying I would put a whole lot of stock in a newspaper article, but it would have at least said something to the town about, you know, we're we're facing this situation. Because until they did something, none of them were going to face it. The only people who were really maybe facing it were the group of girls who went and sang every night um, where they put up those crosses, which Zoe had a real problem with, too. But how do you feel about these mother-daughter relationships, for example? Well, it was, it's unfortunate that Penny uh, could turn to Ava, who was depressing and had her own issues, or, uh, what's her name, Demeter. You know, they should look, where was she going to go for an outlet? Where, where, who would, and, and Zoe was just being a friend. We're friends. You know, let's be friends. Let's be happy. So she, in all fairness to Penny, she had nowhere to go. You know, it's great to say, well, see your guidance counselor and all that. But a lot of kids, uh, a lot of kids do not. I want to praise a hobby. Yes, he had an affair, too. He, he continued the chain, but he did mature. They didn't have the abortion. You know, they he and Claire had the baby. The mothers lined up and are taking care of, of the baby while the kids are going to college. And uh, Claire, you know, I thought just was kind of a dizzy dame in high school, old brother. But she grew up quickly, and a hobby might be the best thing out of that whole mess. And I'm hoping he would be. This is uh, Joshua. Well, you talk about talked about the moms. I know uh, Demeter, D- Demeter, and her mom. They really didn't. They really didn't seem to kind of kind of have much of a, uh, a th- what, much of a much of a relationship because 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 uh, the they was so surprised when uh, when she came into her daughter's room and found and uh, you know and found. You know, the alcohol. She was like, "What?" She was like, "I had no idea." You know, when the she, when the uh, when the knock came on the door and said, "You know, when they when they when they got when they caught uh, Demeter stealing stealing all that liquor," they're like, "They're like, what? Like, what's going on here?" And then 
and then she, you know, found the uh, found that found that whole bunch of the the liquor and the the class of the empty bottles and the full ones, and you know, it didn't seem like they really had much much of a relationship because she, you know and everything. And uh, a lot of people said Zoe and Penny they were just friends, they weren't really you know they you know they weren't really a mother and daughter pretty much. That's this is some of my uh, some of my impressions. Well, one of the things I would say, too, is that many times teenagers and their parents are totally lacking understanding of, what, of the other person, that, that uh, Demeter's mother was totally, uh, you know, that, uh, not understanding the whole business of her drinking. It was like that she was living a completely different life. Than what she, you know, than what she thought she was living, and she was pretty much kind of ignored by that family. Also, Demeter was. I mean, and when the you know mother came in and 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 found everything, I mean, you wonder why it took her so long. But I can tell you that with parents and teenagers, many times there is a different way that they go and somehow they lose touch with each other and don't realize what's happened to you know to the relationship if there was a relationship well i've got a couple things to say number one um i was not impressed with ava when she just decided that she was going to adopt a chinese baby out of the blue i thought my first thought was, you couldn't take care of the children you had. So you couldn't deal with things with your husband. What right do you have to, uh, to subject another poor innocent child to? Now maybe, maybe she would do better this time around, but I just, I didn't like that part at all, that she decided to do that. I didn't think that was a mature thing for her to do. I, I don't know. I don't know if she didn't take raising kids seriously. I don't know. But I, I didn't like that part of it. The one part I did like was at the football field when they all, when the whole community was there. And um, the new quarterback was going to come in and replace Hobson. And, you know, Hobson got called down to the field. The whole crowd cheered. Standing ovation. Everybody was there. Everybody was with each other. And then he threw that ball to the new quarterback. I just thought that was such a neat part of that story. You know, when you think about it, it was really Hobson who was a star. You know, we're presented with the idea of goddesses and stars in this novel and and how children are almost goddesses and gods as far as their parents are concerned um, in terms of their potential and what they can achieve. But actually, Hobby was the one who was grounded. Oh, yes, he made a mistake, and, and he did everything he could to make it right uh, with, his, with his girlfriend. Um, but, I mean, he, he, uh, he was really trying to do everything he could to make things right. But... The part of the problem here is is what all of these people hoped everybody you know the way they looked at everybody you know we're probably we're probably not as good as people would want us to be um, or that people think we are maybe and we we probably lie somewhere in between we probably all do we're just human beings 
And I think, um, you know, when you look at it, with Ava, it's Ava's an interesting character because on the one hand, she did this wonderful thing. She was going to adopt a Chinese baby. On the other hand, in a way, you could say, and I think, Barb, you've kind of said it, she's only doing what she always wanted to do. She wanted to go back to Australia. She did that. She wanted to be with her family. She took her son and her husband through all kinds of angst. True, she lost the baby, but she did take them through all kinds of angst until she finally ended up doing what she had always wanted to do. She wanted to go back to Australia. So on the one hand, was she? yes, she grew and she adopted a baby, and that's wonderful, but it was also partially, um, on the other hand, she was only doing really, really what she really wanted to do. But I wanted to ask all of you, you know, when we read novels, we empathize with certain characters. And the characters we empathize with are the ones that we often identify with, the ones we can relate to. But do you ever, or how does that affect your view of characters? And do you empathize with characters in this novel with which you don't really identify, but you get where they're coming from? And how does that change your view of a novel or of characters? Um, how you come to grips with whom you identify. If I hope I've made this clear. I don't know that I would identify with anyone in this book exactly, but I did still end up liking it. Um, I, I wanted to mention that I noticed that John wrote up there, and I, I, I apologize, but I can't read it well enough to read it to the group, but the last line of the book about moving forward, and I think that's a really excellent line, too, about, and that seems to be the theme of the book, is people are moving forward, and a lot of people have grown out of this and matured and, and aren't quite as selfish as they were at the beginning of the book. I haven't been able to get in. This is Carla. First of all, I have a dark confession to make. I wasn't able to finish the book, and it was simply because convention time and other things and coming home to a flood in my basement. But that's neither here nor there. I didn't identify with any of the characters in this book at all. And I probably, um, as far as I've gotten, and I've got maybe... Eh, a little less than five hours to go in the book as far as reading it is concerned, so I may change my mind by the end. Um, I could sympathize and empathize with every character in this book. Um, even Ava, I think, you know, she's homesick. She's gone to a completely different culture, and she's she's lost a child. And the, when we in loss, we don't always behave logically. And I felt the same way about Penny. I didn't really get to know Penny enough. But one thing that I've learned through teaching and psychology courses and just the people I've interacted with, teenagers are very, very impulsive. And they're at that time of their lives when their decision-making and their judgment is the least developed. And so they make rash decisions. And sometimes young people are prone to suicide because they, they can't, they just want the pain to go away. That's the big impulse. And people might say, oh, it's selfishness. But it might be so painful that they can't see by it. They can't see beyond it is what I'm trying to say. And even Jordan, I felt like... um, in a way, I, I sort of disagree with what you all said. Um, the easy thing would have been for him to write the novel or to write the article um, in the newspaper, but he was going against the press, going against duty in a way to to um, to fulfill the wish of a very good friend. And 
I guess the one that I think got shortchanged the most in this art in this whole novel was Jake. I felt sorry for Jake. Um, he he didn't get any mention in the article that was written, and I don't know if anybody really understood what Jake was going through. And I think Jake, I would have just liked to have given Jake a big hug and tried to console him because I just don't feel he was done justice in this novel. Yeah, I didn't really identify with anybody in the book, um, but I sympathize with some, as, as others have said. And I, I agree about Jake. I think uh, he had the hardest time in, in a lot of ways and uh, didn't really get support from anybody. Um, and I, I don't know, Bonnie, I don't know if you'll want to come back and discuss it, but I, I certainly wouldn't mind hearing a bit more from people about whether they really think that Penny committed suicide. I mean, that was kind of the final kind of conclusion that was reached in the book but I think she I don't know why she flipped out to the degree she did being unstable or not but she really flipped out and I think she drove that car off the cliff Um, I don't think she cared that she drove it off the cliff but I don't think her intent was to die I think she just was so upset she just took this action I uh, we're nearing the end of the hour but we can go longer if you wish it's up to the host We're, we're okay um the uh, uh, Jake, yeah, uh, Carla, you hit it. No, the Jake was almost seen as a villain at times. You know, like he caused this to happen, and he worshipped her. He his whole life was ruined. They they and they did the parents. I know Ava was a little crazy, but they did go to Australia to get him away from there. He could not have lived in that town, you know. Then and then the, you know, he comes back, of course. So yeah. Yeah, you want to kind of, kind of want to hug Jake. I hope he had had a good life. Uh, John said that uh, uh, Demeter's mother, Lynn, was not an evil person. She was just clueless, and that she finally did something after she was hit over the head by the obvious, <laughs> which is good to know. And I, I definitely believe uh, uh, Penny intentionally drove off the cliff. It was definitely a suicide, and it was very selfish of her to try to take her her own brother and her friends along with her. I just I just could not go along with that. Um, and I also agree with Carla in uh, the, the fact that uh, I think um, Jordan did the right thing by, requ- by respecting Zoe's wishes and not printing anything in the paper. Uh, about the whole thing. I think that was the best thing he could have done. And uh, he stood up to everybody else and said, no, I'm not going to print anything. And I that that was the right thing to do. Well, I'll disagree with you about that. I, I think he should have, I think he should have, uh, I still think he should have printed something in the paper about it. But I understand what he was trying to do, and I respect your opinion about that. I think that Penny was trying to commit suicide, but I think she lived so much in her own head, I don't think she really had any idea. We don't know whether she actually thought she would die. Maybe so many young teenagers think that in the end they won't really die. They're just making a stand. They're, they're, they're uh, being dramatic. They're telling people how they feel. I don't know that they really take in the idea that life is going to end or what it means. We hear all the time that in suicide people don't uh, always think it through they don't realize that it's a um, you know a permanent answer to a temporary uh, situation that you can't ever change and it's it's possible that 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 was what she thought 
Um, yes, Jake was, um, Jake needed help too. You know, the interesting thing about Jake is that I was stuck, I was struck by the star aspect in this novel, you know, how much Jake and, um, and Penny, um, Hobby and Penny, I'm sorry, were, were, were stars. And, uh, you know, Hobby was a, was a wonderful athlete and, and, um, you know, and then she had this great love with, uh, and everything. And, of course, Penny was this, this wonderful singer. Um, but, you know, it was interesting to me, too, that um, she had to reach out to women because, um, you know, the, the men sort of, what was interesting to me in this novel, too, was that the men sort of rallied around, uh, rallied around Hobby. He didn't have a father. Um, you know, a lot of the fathers kind of took him on as, as their son, but um, Penny really didn't have that. She was kind of, yeah, she had Ava, she had her mother. But it, I got the feeling sometimes that, that Hobby had a lot more help, really, in terms of people being there for him, the guys, than she did. And that was interesting because that doesn't usually happen in a novel. Um, you know, you, and I wasn't, even though there were women for Penny, and yeah, it looked like there was a lot for Penny, um, the deepest, darkest secrets that all of these people held still remained their deepest, darkest secrets, and as John says, at the end, they have to move forward and they have to move on. And no matter what happens in life, in the end, you have to move on, whether a terrible act has occurred or not. Whether it's a big city or a small town, you still have to move on, and in the end, that's the only answer there really is. And life, if you're going to continue to go on living, means pretty much that you're going to have to um, decide how you're going to live. Teenagers will leave the impulsive area of life where they make quick decisions and maybe make bad judgments. But the point in this novel is that the adults made just as many bad decisions as the kids. They had a legacy they were living that came from earlier generations, earlier times, or earlier times in their own lives. And, you know, it's, it's up to each of us to decide how we really feel about it. And I know that we're at the end of the hour, so uh, I'll let the host decide what they want to do here. Um, it doesn't matter to me if anybody has anything they want to say, if you want to go on a little longer, or do we want to talk about next month? Randy, I would get next month in, and then we'll officially close. If you guys want to talk all night, the room is here. It's yours for any of this book or any other book. So if you guys could give us the book for next month, then let me, while I have come on, we have some many wonderful uh, book groups like this one. We're going to have a new one August 13th, Tuesday evening at 9, right here, with no uh, no news wire up there because I forget them. I think I'm going to just not put any up there in the browser. Uh, uh, fiction, old and new. And people, I got one comment by a wonderful lady, you know, why another book club? Because Sherry and Michelle asked me, and they are avid readers, and they're in the Accessible World family. The Kitchen House is an outstanding book, and I really hope you'll come and discuss it. I'm telling you, that kept me glued to whatever, my stream. So, uh, ladies, if you could tell us the book for next month, please. And we'll close, and then you guys can certainly keep talking. Yeah, I have to agree with Bob. The Kitchen House is an excellent book. I read it, and... Like you, I was I couldn't put it down. Um, I'm gonna let Jenny talk about the book that she has in mind for next month. I am gonna be taking a break, and I'll be back in September. I'm gonna be moving at the beginning of the month, and just need some time to settle in and get acclimated. So I'm gonna just 
take August off, and I'll be back in September. So, Jenny, do you want to talk about the book? Sure. I haven't read this book, but it's a book that I've really been meaning to read, so um, hopefully it's a good book. It seems like it's going to be a good book, and it's called Before I Go to Sleep by S.J. Watson, and I'll give you the book number here in a minute. Before she comes back, i got to tell you, that is a fabulous book. It was really good. Uh, yes, you guys will love it. It's a wonderful mystery as to what's going on, and it's a British book. And I just want to thank you, Bonnie, for such a great discussion and for your um, that wonderful introduction again that you shared that Ellen Hildebrand wrote. I thought that was fantastic. And as always, you did a great job with the discussion, and thank you, everyone, for being here. Absolutely, and let's see if Jenny can give us a DB, because I'm lazy. I go to the number. Barb O'Connor taught us how to do that. All right, the DB number is 73374. And this book is a suspenseful book, and I'm glad that somebody read it and they like it, so that's awesome. I'm excited to read it. It's one I've been meaning to read for a while, so I think it's going to be a really great book. Uh, what's the title again? I had to answer a phone call, but the book number is 73374? Yep, that's right, and it's called Before I Go to Sleep by S.J. Watson. Steve